0: Coach Ron Rivera says Sam Howell will dictate where the team goes. Well, did we see improvement from him in week five? That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcast and you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Just go to joinsubtextcom slash Locked On Commanders. And from there, you can text me during games, practices, whatever, whenever I was having some interesting text conversations with some insiders just tuesday morning uh most recently and i'm your host david harrison on twitter at d harrison 82 credential member of the media covering the washington commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of sports illustrated's fan nation and i'm here with you every monday through friday along with our everydayers and everydayers you already know i appreciate you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do download the game time app Create an account and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL to get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to rant about Ron Rivera. We're going to dive into some of the comments Coach Rivera has made recently uh, during his latest press conferences. And one of them actually sparked pretty much this entire AAR episode. And that's where we're going to start off this show first with a AAR following Thursday night debacle uh, loss to Chicago Bears. But we're going to basically take a, a sam howell focus on this thing we're going to talk about this later but ron rivera basically said this team is going to get better as sam howell gets better so i want to take a look at the tape and say you know what did sam howell get better in week six and i think to a certain extent he did certainly uh and that's what we're going to start off here with the good stuff let's let's sustain some things about sam howell's development right we know sam howell was sacked six times on thursday night five of those sacks counted one of them came On a two-point conversion that doesn't officially count in the stat box but of course it did happen uh he was sacked once in the first half for zero yards that's that's not too terrible sacked four times officially in the second half for minus 29 yards and a failed two-point conversion so five times actually in the second half four of them counted again for minus 29 yards the first sack of the game and this is where i'm going to start this conversation because this is where i think at the end of the day when you're talking about a quarterback like sam Howell we're not necessarily worried about the arm talent, right? The arm talent is there. We saw it in training camp. You saw it during the lead up to the NFL draft. Like I don't think any scout came out of the scouting process, draft preparation process, questioning Sam Howell's arm strength, right? The the dude's got an NFL arm. He's got some good mobility, right? He's not a Patrick Mahomes necessarily. He's not a Lamar Jackson, but he's got some mobility. He's he's kind of a Baker Mayfield level, uh, I think, of mobility to him. So you have that. Now the question is, Is the decision-making there? And really, when you watch the college tape, what do you see in Sam Howell? You see there are times that he holds the ball too long. There are times he takes bad sacks. And I think that's really kind of one of the reasons why his stock dropped as much as it did during the NFL draft process. Now, let me be clear here. I don't think his stock dropped to the fifth round, though. I think his stock dropped to day two. And a lot of the teams that were looking at taking him day two, including the Washington Commanders, When they got themselves quarterbacks, the Denver Broncos got Russell Wilson. The Washington Commanders traded, uh, you know, more than they should have for Carson Wentz, all those things. But all those things lead to those teams now then not wanting to spend a day two pick on a quarterback because they just went and got one of those guys. So now you look to day three. And that's basically, I think, why, Sam, how the combination of the two. And I think what really kind of freaked out NFL teams is when you look at them and you say, you know, we had all these weapons, when Diami Brown was there, when he had these receivers, when he had the, this dual running back room with Michael Carter and, and Javante Williams and all this stuff, he was comfortable. He was poised. He was decisive, all of those things. But it's, it's kind of like what I always say about leadership anybody can lead when things are going well, right? When, when the locked on podcast network is doing record numbers and everybody's making money hand over fist, it's easy to make the locked on you know, hosts happy it's when the hosts are struggling or it's when the shows are struggling or it's when the money isn't coming in uh, as well as it is and I'm not saying that's happening I'm just saying as as an example that's when real leadership stands out right and, and NFL team do the same way a head coach it's easy to be a head coach of an NFL team when you're winning all the time it's hard to be an NFL team or the head coach of an NFL team when you're struggling same goes with quarterbacks I think what what scouts saw and what GM saw from Sam Howell was when he lost all those weapons some of those other issues kind of crept up a little bit. Some of the holding the ball a little bit too long, taking too many hits. Health is always a concern uh, as well. So I think all those things led to Sam Howell dropping in the draft. And I think those are the things that you need to see him improve on as an NFL quarterback to really get this Washington Commanders offense humming. So we turn to that first sack of the game. That came with two eleven left in the first quarter. It was a third and 11 play. And again, the sack goes down for zero yards. To me, it kind of reads as a more like a run for no game. But I think the reason it's called a sack is because he was actually hit by the defender in the backfield uh, and then fell forward to the zero yard game. So I think that's why it's still considered uh, a sack. Uh, the ball's on their own 24 yard line. Hal comes out in shotgun form uh, formation, empty set in a three by one. So there's three receivers to one side, one receiver to the other side. He motions Antonio Gibson in the backfield uh, or sorry, they started off four or three by two. He motions antonio gibson into the backfield so now you've got a single back shotgun formation three by one uh, alignment with one receiver to the short side of the field that is going to uh become a theme here bears defense shows zone with five defensive backs four players on the line of scrimmage and two linebackers playing off uh, off of the ball when ag motions in the backfield nothing really happens on the defense so that pretty much tells you pre-snap they're in zone and With the depth of the defensive backs you're probably looking at quarter quarters coverage Uh, we've got four DBs playing the deep parts of the zone coverage with linebackers playing underneath. So the key here is, are the linebackers going to close the middle of the field or are they going to leave the middle of the field open? That's honestly kind of the first thing you want to look at with this defense. And then, of course, you need to look for blitzers coming in based on your protection package. At the snap, Chicago brings five rushers. They bring all four of the defenders that were on the line of scrimmage. Then they also bring a blitzing linebacker from the middle of the formation. So that means you've now got five rushing. You've got six in coverage. The four outside and the deep defensive backs drop into quarters coverage. The slot DB basically holds ground where he's lined up in the slot, uh, ready to, de- to defend the intermediate right side of the offense, while the remaining linebacker takes a straight middle drop into the intermediate part of the field. which means you're now middle of the field closed. You've got quarters coverage protecting deep and protecting the deeper part of the boundary. So where are the openings? The openings are on the right, left side short. Uh, and then in the middle, if you can get behind the linebacker and in front of the safety, you can find some room there. This means that the left side receiver is doubled. He's all by himself. He's got quarters coverage over there. He's not going anywhere. He's got a guy under him. He's got a guy over him. The middle deep route that's run by Curtis Samuel here has underneath and top coverage as well. So it's not doubled. It's not closed, but it is a little bit more of a difficult uh, throw when you hear about quarterbacks being able to layer passes. That's what you're talking about. Get it over the linebacker. Get in, in front of the safety. Uh, Logan Thomas is being covered by the linebacker. Jahan Dotson, who's running a deep uh, dig is uh, past the sticks is really your best option here. The problem is By the time Sam Howell gets to that side of the field into Jahan Dotson on the deep dig route, the pocket is collapsing. When he comes out of the snap, his first read is the middle post being run by Curtis Samuel. And from there, Howell moves to the deep left dig that's double covered. And I imagine his next read would have been the deep right uh, dig and then a dump off to Logan Thomas. So why? But he doesn't have time to get there, so instead he ends up getting sacked. So why does this sack indicate a level of development? Well, in previous versions of situations like this, We've seen Sam Howell hold on to the ball too long, and especially early in the game. And I think that's important here because early in the game, there's not a massive deficit. You're not running against the clock. So it kind of shows just where the quarterback's mind frame is, decision-making process is, when everything is kind of level, right? And that's really kind of where you get to know your quarterback. Uh, We've seen him hold on to the ball too long, get buried in a pocket for a big loss on third down. But here... And from those previous snaps, you would expect him to hold the ball too long, stick on his first read, get stuck on the second read or whatever it is. Now, he does take a little bit longer, but he does recognize the need to get off the reads and get onto the ground, use his feet to try to find some space, especially with the nearest defensive back stumbling out of his break uh, out there and covers on the left side of the offensive formation. Why it doesn't end up working and why you end up with the sack of zero yards is because one Bears defender I mean, just by the shoelace, gets barely enough to trip up Sam Howell as he's going through the offensive line to run uh, for through the line of scrimmage. He ends up getting a sack. There's a plenty of other opportunities where that play probably breaks And Sam Howell. I don't know if he gets the first down there. depends on the speed of the linebacker, whether the DB can, can regain his balance, all of those things. But Sam Howell certainly has an opportunity to pick up that third down. So not all sustains are perfect, of course. If we're looking at this through the eyes of a coach, I imagine you're going to want Sam Howell uh, to see the unlikely availability of that left side route pre-snap. You see the two defensive backs, they look like they're playing quarter. Your route is going to run right into that quarter coverage. He's the only guy on the side of the field. You pretty much erase that from uh, pre-snap reads. Then with the Bears dropping two defenders in the middle of the field at levels, you should either anticipate it and drop it over the linebacker before the deep safety can react or come off of it quick if you're not going to throw that. If you're coming off that first read quicker, you're erasing the second read, then boom, you're already to Jahan running that deep dig. You can hit him uh, there past the sticks. And, you know, if that defender happens to drop back and bail back, you can hit Logan Thomas uh, shorter with some room uh, to operate. So that's the next step. But the fact that he was able to come off those reads, make a decision, get on his horse and try to run. Yes, he was tripped up. It shows decision making moving in the right direction. But what about the other sacks that lost way more yards than zero? That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and this episode of lockdown is brought to you by game time you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy all your sports music comedy and theater tickets near you with killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seats and their best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets right now you can get tickets for friday's washington capitals game when they'll be hosting the pittsburgh penguins for uh, with game time for as low at $73. Plus, you can find last-minute ticket deals, flash deals, zone deals. Uh, it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Game time even offers a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. And game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what you are going to see when you arrive. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks again for making a lot of time to manage to first listen today and every day, and every day is greatly appreciate you coming through on a consistent basis like you do. For those of you who tuned in or listened to yesterday's episode, I apologize for the audio issues. My uh, my 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 computer switched to my AirPods instead of my microphone, um, and I didn't catch it unfortunately. I, I keep checking the settings on this recording Uh, because that's how my paranoid mind works. And right now it says we are rocking with the microphone, so this one should be much, much better. Football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL kickoff live each Friday. Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Your hosts, Tanitra Jarvis and Kyle, will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern or on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. We are continuing our look here on Locked On Commanders at the development of quarterback Sam Howell, who had back-to-back games with better QBRs than the last. His QBR from Buffalo to Philly went up. His QBR from Philly to Chicago went up, even in the losses. His performance uh, as a measurable stat is going up. And on the first sack of the game, I think he actually showed some growth from previous sacks that we've seen this season. But, of course... Real growth means consistency, and was there late-game regression? That's what I wanted to look at as we went through uh, this film study here. The next sack came on first and 10 in the third quarter from the Bears' 21-yard line with 536 left in the third quarter. Uh, resulted in a nine-yard loss loss when Chicago defensive back Greg Stroman uh, got in on Sam Howell. So if you've got NFL Plus or some other way to watch game film or you just want to go to YouTube, Uh, and pull up the game, or if you've got a DVR, that's where you want to go. 536 left in the third quarter, first and 10 from the Bears' 21-yard line. Uh, Washington comes out lined up in shotgun, 3-by-2 motions into a 3-by-1. Sound familiar? AG comes into the backfield. Uh, Terry McLaurin is the lone receiver on the right side of the offensive formation, Uh, again, looking like what's going to be zone coverage from the Bears' defense. The Bears at the snap bring five pass rushers. Uh, but they dropped one of the down linemen to follow A.G. out of the backfield. And what they actually did was they brought a blindside blitzer. So they didn't replace from where they dropped. They dropped from one end of the offensive line, replaced from the other end, and nobody saw him. Sam Howell didn't see him. Charles Leno Jr. didn't see him. Uh, A.G. didn't see him. Nobody saw Greg Sherman coming in. Nobody saw it picked up. Charles Leno didn't even react uh, to the blitzer happening and didn't even know what was going on until the sack happened. That was just, I mean, brilliant play designed by the Chicago Bears. No pickup. By the Washington Commanders' offense, um, there was a little bit of a hand tip at the end, uh, right before the ball was snapped. I think by then uh, everybody was pretty much locked in offensively. So that's the second sack of the game. Not a whole lot to take from that, other than sometimes you get your butt kicked. You know what I mean? Sometimes the other side just calls a better play. Third sack of the game came on the two point conversion. Again, technically doesn't count in the stat box, but I did want to break it down. Uh, Bears two yard line, ten fifty one left in the fourth quarter, following ha- following Howell's second touchdown pass of the game. This one occurred to Curtis Samuel. Now, they come out shotgun, 11 personnel, so you got one running back, one tight end, two-by-one formation. Curtis Samuel motions from the right slot with the ball snapped as Samuel is crossing the quarterback's face. So you have, you're have you supposed to have kind of a reverse or a touch-pass play action going on here. The idea is it looks like you're trying to get the linebackers to follow the motion and either open up, the, open up Logan Thomas in the back middle part of the end zone, or open up Jahan Dots in the shallow middle part of the end zone. Uh, But the play action really was not effective. Uh, uh, Curtis didn't really act like he was expecting to get the ball. Sam didn't act like he was going to give him the ball. Uh, Bears defense didn't flinch. Doesn't pull the linebackers out of their position at all. And by the time Howell comes off the two middle routes, he's feeling the pocket pocket collapse. He tries to run before getting wrapped up, ultimately throwing a desperation heave into the air uh, that ends up getting intercepted. What's not a sign of development here? is as he's climbing the pocket and before he commits to running and trying the the desperation throw, he actually looks right at Antonio Gibson, who's coming wide open on a quick slant from the left side to the right side. But for some reason, he pumps to throw it, but he just actually doesn't throw it. I don't know why he doesn't throw it. Uh, Again, part of the processing process of a young quarterback. So that's where you want to see Sam Howell get better. When the the pressure is on, you need the two-point conversion. That would have made it 22 to 30 uh, with some time left. You know, your defense isn't doing very well. That's the kind of throw you need to see Sam Howell be able uh, to come up with. But I think it starts with the lack of play action, honestly, is what I'll call it. Uh, It all starts there. If that is better, then perhaps the rest of it uh, is better. Fourth sack of the game, uh, third one that counts, comes on second and nine from the Washington 36 with 757 left in the game. Uh, By now, Chicago knows that Washington is doing nothing but throwing and Howell is in the shotgun uh ag is to his left three receivers to the right one to the left so again you're in three by one chicago has five defenders on the line of scrimmage one being the db who is up close with the receiver on the left and then you got four players at increasing levels of depth uh two linebackers two dbs and then two safeties deep the bears end up rushing four they drop seven how's looking at nothing but deep routes here you got a deep dig uh, on the far right which is covered a slot receiver running down the middle of the field Logan Thomas running kind of a delayed in and up, and then he kind of turns around and stops a little bit weird. Uh, And then a receiver on a shallow crosser with AG leaking out to the right side of the offense out of the backfield. Now, this is where Sam is just trying to do too much from what I can see on the tape. He doesn't anticipate the middle deep route coming open between the linebacker and the safety. And as he climbs to try to find something else after being late on the the route that actually comes open, uh, he doesn't commit to running, but he also doesn't turn to one of his short routes. He keeps his eyes downfield uh, and is still trying to find a target uh, there Thomas also cuts off his route and ends up running back to the quarterback, but Hal doesn't see it uh, and ends up getting sacked. But here's the weird thing. When I looked at the straight on angle, so when I'm looking right at Sam Howell, uh, from the end of the field, it actually almost looks like Sam knocks the ball out of his own throwing hand a little bit. We, we all know he's got that Pat habit, right? When he gets ready to throw the ball, he pats it once and then he throws it. And it looks like he's actually maybe going to throw to Logan who's, who's done that stop route. Uh, but by the time he makes that decision, he pats the ball. It almost looks like he knocks the ball out of his own grip a little bit. So I don't know you guys, if you watch it, let me know what you think. Uh, I sent it to some other, some other uh, friends of mine and, and, you know, they kind of see the same thing that I saw. Maybe, you know, and that to me, that's a, that's a stress sign. Like you're, you're patting the ball fine, but you know, I know a lot of quarterback coaches don't like that, Um, but you're patting the ball so hard. You're knocking it out of your own hand. That's obviously a stress signal. Fifth sack of the game. 4.09 left in the game uh, on the Washington 25. First and 10. He gets sacked for a loss of 11 yards. Again, how is the shotgun? Again, he's got a running back with him. This time to the right side. We're in three by one again as well. Uh, and again, the one receiver is on the short side of the field. Chicago's four down linemen. The rest of the defense is at least six yards off the line of scrimmage. Again, on first and ten. So he has six yards of cushion on first and ten. The score is 37-20 at this point. It's pretty much over. Tied end John Bates chips before releasing left. B Rob doesn't chip, but he does force his pass rusher on the right side inside before leaking out. And meanwhile, the other three receivers on the right side are all running routes 10 yards or more in depth. So obviously Sam is going to need more time to let the intended route combination develop. I know some of my insiders have pointed this out. I know some people on social media pointed this out. Charles Leno Jr. just gets beat. Uh, His guy starts inside with Sadiq Charles before crossing Leno's face uh, and beating him and getting around to to sack Hal. Sam could have hit Terry on a stop route right at the sticks if he throws with anticipation, but... Uh, again, you got to give your young quarter, but you know those routes are deep. You got to give your quarterback more time than that. You can't have that kind of an effort on a play call like that. Final sack of the six comes two plays later, third and 13 with 318 left in the ball game. Shotgun again, running back in the backfield, three by one. Again, the single receivers on the short side of the field, four down linemen, seven Bears defenders, ranging from three to 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. At this point, the Bears really aren't even hiding their defense. They're basically lining up at their zone coverage, landmarks and playing soft from there. uh, Bears bring three rushers. One defensive lineman essentially dressed back almost acts like a spy to a certain extent. Uh, Robinson comes out of the backfield on a short curl, and Charles Leno gets beat again. This time he gets beat inside. Uh, Charles or Sadiq Charles tries to help him, but it's too late. Bears defender gets to Sam Howell for the sixth sack of the game, the fifth one that counted. Howell was going to throw the right side nine route. It looked like, but it put but he pulled back on it. I think he was going to check it down to B Rob after that, but the pressure got in uh, before he could dump it down. So that's a sustaining improves uh, again. You you like. Seeing Sam Howell continuing to get a little bit smarter, a little bit more decisive, willing to take the checkdowns, and even some of the sacks that he wasn't able to get the ball out, we see that the intention to go to the checkdown was there, right? The intention to go to the checkdown to B-Rod, the intention to come down to Logan Thomas. You just need to either get there a little bit faster or you need that offensive line to hold their blocks uh, a little bit longer. So some room to grow, uh, certainly, but some good things that we're seeing out of Sam Howell, as well as he has a career day, uh, almost 400 yards passing, career high and completion percentage. Uh, and I think a much cleaner first half and second, but it is what it is. Look, some have comments on Leno's lack of effort blocking for how late coupled with his comments about being concerned about uh, the quarterback's health and the play calling. Here's here's all I'm going to say about it really is uh, agree or disagree. If you're concerned with Sam Howell's health and safety as a blocker, then you got to block for him. It's not easy. I get it. But if there's any lack of effort on Leno's part, then he's got no leg to stand on to say publicly that he's concerned about play calling, putting Sam Howell in danger. Uh, that's just my, my two cents on about it. So we went from questioning whether or not Sam Howell should be benched after the loss of Buffalo to whether or not Jack Del Rio should even have a job following the loss of the Chicago Bears. What did Ron Rivera have to say about that topic? That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by FanDuel. Snap back in action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed whenever you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. For example, if you have faith that the Commanders can bounce back against the Atlanta Falcons, drop your $5 bet on them to win with the money line odds set at plus 118 or take them at plus 2.5 point underdogs and get a little bit of breathing room. Of course, Thursday night football kicks off week six with the Denver Broncos uh, coming in as 10.5 point underdogs visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. And I feel like that money line on the Chiefs at minus 560, is pretty solid unfortunately if you want to win 100 bucks you have to bet 560 that's a that's a lot of money to bet just to win 100 if you've been thinking about joining fanduel there's no better time to get in on the action the app is easy to use and there's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over unders and more so visit fanduel.com locked on and kick off the nfl season right fanduel official partner of the nfl about ron rivera we're gonna take some quotes from ron rivera's recent press conferences we'll dive a little bit deeper and i'll give you my opinion my analysis of what he had to say first quote uh he was asked following the game the day after the game about potential staff changes uh after losing 40 to 20 in week five of the chicago bears and he responded quote no no what game five we've got 12 left to play there's plenty of football left and we haven't had an opportunity to finish working on things that i talked about last night it was Thursday night. We still got several things to go through. End quote. Look, I know a lot of people want Jack Del Rio fired. Uh, some people want Ron Rivera fired. And, and I get the frustration. I absolutely get the frustration. Believe me. But here's what I'll tell you. Firing your coaches in season, you're basically waving the white flag. You're basically saying we're done. So if your hope is fire the coaches so this team is going to get better, that's really not how that usually works. And I know there's some outliers out there and, and all that stuff. And sometimes, and, you know, the history is you fire a coach and then they win the next game. But a lot of times the history is also, they also then lose a lot of games after that. So if you want this coach, you have to get fired. You're essentially saying, throw in the towel. It's done for this season. 2023 is over. Let's move on. You're two and three. You know what I mean? The Washington Commanders are two and three. You're not happy about it. You're not happy about the way the two and three happened. You're certainly not happy about losing the Chicago Bears. But this thing is far from over. Uh, you know, the, the team only has a 21% chance of making the playoffs according to history. I get that. But this thing is far from over. And even with Jack Del Rio, if you fire Jack Del Rio, and I've seen uh, a lot of people throwing Jeff Canina, the, the defensive line coach out there, make Jeff Canina the defensive coordinator, make Ryan Kerrigan the assistant D-line coach, the actual D-line coach. I um, mean, I get the affinity for both those guys, but Jeff Canina can't in, install a new scheme, right? He can't install a new system. He's So he's basically going to be out there. Now you've got a guy who's going to drive a car that he hasn't built. Jack Del Rio at least built this vehicle. Uh, again, it's not running great right now, but you know, it's better than having a guy who didn't build the car, uh, try to drive it. So that's just kind of my two cents on it. You know, if things get too, too bad, you essentially make the firings because you just, you want to be able to do your coaching searches, uh, and open that's, that's really the biggest reason for making those changes. Um, things like that. So, you know, that's my two cents on it. Look after Atlanta, things could change after New York, things could change after Philly, things could change. It's a week to week business. Uh, so if you want to bring up the topic again in a future mailbag, we can certainly talk about it, but outside of that that's pretty much my stance on it if it changes I will let you know second quote on Ron's reaction to so many questions about his 2023 NFL draft class and free agent signings it happened in April it started back in April it's been going on ever since people are just not happy with the way this team signed free agents and with the way the team drafted Ron Rivera said quote well I think the biggest thing more than anything else to look at and think about is starting the young quarterback you know, that's going to create some things that are going to happen. And I think as we play, it doesn't matter who we play as he grows and develops and gets better and better. So will we, and I think that's a little bit, a part of it looking at evaluating the draft class. There's a reason why we drafted some of those guys, each of those guys, there uh, a reason for it. An example is Quan what happened last year to cam curl. We really felt that we needed to have another top flight, young depth type of safety. And that's what we did in the draft. Some of those guys we drafted for specific reasons and we'll continue to work with them. End quote. So, the first part of this is the reason they drafted guys they drafted and we talked about this during the nfl draft yes they drafted some backup offensive linemen with their third and fourth round draft picks yes you typically want your third and fourth round draft picks to be rookies that are going to be able to contribute in their rookie seasons but when you sign nick gates and andrew wiley uh, you kind of negate that and i basically looked at it back then i think i said it on the show and i'm going to say now i think the way they looked at it is hedging their bets let's bring in two free agent offensive linemen let's bring two rookie offensive linemen and out of that mix We should be able to find two starters to 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 fill in the gaps on the offensive line unfortunately that also means you're gonna find two backups right um and i've always said the best thing that this offensive line could have is ricky Stromberg do nothing all season because if ricky Stromberg does nothing all season that means that there's no injuries on the offensive line and it means that this offensive line gets their act fully together it hasn't happened yet they're continuing to work on it we'll continue to come in nervous about it and see where the progress goes Um, but if rookie Stromberg gets on the field then that means either S- S- Sadiq Charles or Nick Gates or, or Sam Cosme is injured or has failed uh, because that's the only way he's getting on the field. He's not getting on the field for one of these tackles. Um, and so so that's the only way your third round pick is getting on the field. Quan Martin is probably going to get on the field now that Sadiq, or, uh, that uh, Cam, or, uh, Derek, Derek Forrest and Jeremy Reese are on IR. So you can expect to see more Quan Martin moving forward. So we'll see what he's got as a second round draft pick. Emmanuel Forbes obviously has had a rough couple of weeks uh, as well. Look, I get the frustration. My The biggest confusing thing I had about this, honestly, was Ron starting off the conversation with the quarterback because I think most people who watched the last couple of Washington Commanders games, Philadelphia, and against Chicago Bears, would say that Sam Howell played well enough for this team to win those games. The defense is what let down uh, this team. And I know they're, they're all going to lose as a team. They're all going to win as a team. I get that. But from the outside looking in, you can say a better defensive performance and the, and the Washington Commanders win both those games. Sam Howell is sixth in passing yards right now in the NFL, 12th in completion percentage. And we've always said that if this team had average or better quarterback play, they would be a playoff team. Well, Sam Howell's in the top 20% in yards, and he's better than 62% of NFL quarterbacks in accuracy. So that's average or better quarterback play, bottom line. Um, I know he's throwing six interceptions. I know he's taking some bad sacks, but he's still producing at a rate that is above average in the NFL for quarterbacks. Uh, The defense has given up 30 points per game, four four weeks straight. Buffalo Bills, nobody had a good game. Denver Broncos, the offense had to save the day. Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you put up 30 points against Philadelphia Eagles. You can't say it's on the offense. And then last week, you know, again, uh, they didn't start off very fast. But I think that the, the Sam Howell and the Washington Mayor's offense, given the opportunity to get things rolling, which is what the defense is supposed to do, uh, certainly have an opportunity to win that game. So two or three three losses, as far as I'm concerned, can be blamed on the defense. We're not going to dive much in the defense on this episode because Wednesday's mailbag is full of defensive questions. Already kind of answered ones on Jack Del Rio. Guys, that's where I'm going to stand on it. You, you fire Jack Del Rio, your defense isn't getting better. It's going to be called by somebody who didn't build the vehicle. Uh, and outside of maybe a one-game performance, if this defense is going to get better this season, they're going to do it within Jack Del Rio's scheme, whether Jack Del is the guy calling the plays or not. Uh, so unless you have an issue with Jack Del Rio's play calling, which I'll just tell you right now from the, from the film, I don't really have an issue with the play calling. It's the play execution, which, yes, also lies on Jack Del Rio as well. But we'll get more into that tomorrow on the mailbag episode. So make sure you come back for that. In the meantime, if you have more questions you want to drop for future mailbags or comments, just throw them in the YouTube comment section. Hit me on Twitter or send them to me by becoming a lock insider. Join subtext dot slash locked on commanders. As always, thank you so much for making locked on commanders. your First listen of the day, every day, every day. Thanks for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. And until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.